that music means it's Funky Friday, and we are into the second hour of the program on Sports Talk. I'm Scott Beatty, and Evan Kahn is here as well. We will do the world according to Bob Osmussen coming up this hour. We had fun with Matt Daniels last hour and Allie Adams. And uh, we are getting ourselves into a weekend here, which is the final weekend of Major League Baseball before the All-Star break. And uh, we've got some uh, some uh, apparent Big Ten and well, Illinois basketball schedule news for you that we kicked around <laughs> last hour. Uh, and some other odds and ends as well. Great to have you with us. Yeah, we, we touched on it. Uh, last hour, Rocco Miller from the Bracketeer, uh, Bracketeer.org has assembled Illinois' non-conference schedule. Again, this is not official. This has not been put out by Illinois. I have not independently verified this, blah, 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 <laughs> but I have no reason to believe that he's making this up. Uh, your home games for Illinois through the month of November and December will feature Eastern Illinois, Kansas City, Monmouth. UMKC. See, Kansas City threw me off. When you, when you, if it's a UMKC, that's yeah. what I'm guessing. Yeah, but yeah. But see, a lot of these schools don't, have gotten away from that. They don't want, like, Milwaukee does not want to be UW Milwaukee, even though that's officially, uh, I'm waiting for the day UIC says we're Chicago. Illinois, like, Chicago, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of these schools prefer to be Omaha, in fact. University of Nebraska, Omaha. They will say, we want to be Omaha. We're mm-hmm. Omaha. So, uh, IUPUI, though, that should never change. <laughs> no, yeah, no, you have to say the whole thing. Indiana, <laughs> Indiana University, Purdue University of Indianapolis, yeah. every single time. But there is a University of Indianapolis, I believe, as well. That's a different school. And then there's Butler, too? Yeah. Holy cow. College Town. Crossroads of America. Syracuse we knew about. Chicago State, Alabama, A&M, and Bethune-Cookman, which, <clears throat> as I was today years old when I found out that's (laughs) in Daytona Beach, Florida. So the biggest games that Illinois will play in its non-conference schedule this year will be in Las Vegas, New York City, and St. Louis. They Mm -hmm. will not be here. If you are disappointed as a season ticket holder, I understand. At the same time, I think on balance, if you're Brad Underwood, do you go, I got to get the toughest people I can get in here? Well, first of all, that's hard to do. Because mm-hmm. who wants to go on the road and face a hard team? Nobody. And number two, you got 20 games in the Big Ten, and you've got this Las Vegas thing and this with maybe two top ten teams. Mm-hmm. You've got the Texas uh, deal. You've always got bragging rights on the books. You never know where that's year in, year out, where that's going to be uh, in terms of how tough Missouri is going to be. And you know you have a Big Ten ACC game. So you might want a little breathing room, especially with a team that's just getting assembled. Well, I, I think you said the biggest part first, and that when you go to 20 Big Ten games, I mean, how much more do you need to schedule in the non-conference? Typically, every year you're going to face five, six, seven tournament teams in the Big Ten. How much more do you really need to beat yourself up? So if you want more better non-conference games especially at the the state farm center then you you need to start advocating for an 18 game big 10 schedule like i do but i don't think that's ever going to happen with the way tv deals and all that work out you're going to get 10 big 10 opponents every year over at the state farm center and they might if the acc breaks right you might get a home game and maybe if they don't do a crazy mte like this one in vegas arguably 
the most challenging MTE that Illinois has ever been in, like even more difficult than a lot of those Maui tournaments mm-hmm. usually are, um, then maybe maybe they'll start bringing teams in. And, and of course, they just did, as you guys mentioned last hour, the, the home and home with Arizona. So it's not completely out of the realm of questions that something like that comes in again, but when the Big Ten run things, how much more can you ask for in November and December? Yeah, plus, in a few years, you had USC, UCLA. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to see maybe a 27-game conference schedule and a seven-round double elimination Big Ten tournament. Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't suggest that to Bob, because Bob's going to be all over that. You know it. <laughs> I think the coaches might feel the way you do. Oh, yeah. A 20-game schedule. They might prefer 18. Well, 20 with the Big Ten tournament, yeah. I mean, just after a while, that's three and a half months of seeing the same teams. The question is, is how much do you need to prove yourself to get into the tournament? That's how many games you want. And the Big Ten, of course, if you play Nebraska twice and they're really bad, and Minnesota twice and they're really bad, you know, that's different than if you draw Indiana twice or Michigan State twice mm-hmm. and or Wisconsin twice. The whole thing, you know, it's just it's, never it's hard to predict. So yeah. you, maybe on the whole they're fine with 20 games. We all know they don't want the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> yeah, and again, I don't think that's ever going to go away either. Well, how about we make it a, a four-team event or an eight-team event or six? How about that? Maybe, maybe once they get, uh, could you imagine putting together that bracket when Ex- the when the two extra teams join the Big Ten? Except Scott, the f- top four teams that would finish are probably locks for the NCAA tournament. They're the least motivated so they don't to really play need it, yeah. unless they're trying to really play for a seed in the NCAA tournament. It's the middle tier of Big Ten teams that need that tournament, i.e., Indiana last year. Well, and now I. That I think about it, if if this goes to a sixteen team league, does that mean nobody gets a buy? Everybody's you're going to have to play four more Big Ten games to win the Big Ten tournament. Oh, please, everybody will. Oof, oof. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be tired of Rutgers and Michigan State by then, no doubt. There's no <laughs> there's no advantage. There's just it does. I, or if anything, it might lead to even weaker non conference schedules. I mean, that's. That's a lot of games against some high-level competition. I guess you could do double by. Well, that's already in place. Right. Boy, I don't know. Things that, uh, yes, come into the conference. We'll figure that out later. Basically, yeah. That's, that's kind of how it's been since the, the start of it. We'll take them, though. There is no Cubs baseball tonight. It's a rain out in Chicago. They will play a double dip tomorrow and then a uh, – finale on Sunday that may well be witnessed by uh, somebody in this studio. Yeah, the least attractive pitching matchup of the weekend, of course, the doubleheader for tomorrow kind of throws things off, but Scherzer's going to pitch tomorrow for the Mets, so going to miss him by a, a day, but we'll see if Adrian Sampson can can keep rolling. He had a bit of a clunker the last time out, but he'll take the mound on Sunday, and we'll see who else decides to play before the All-Star break. The White Sox lineup behaved like the White Sox lineup should be behaving last <laughs> night and wallop to Minnesota. You'll hear the next game of the series tonight, 7-10 uh, pitch, first pitch. By the way, I have it on good authority for those of you who are tuning in. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, tomorrow the pregame show is not starting until one thirty. Mm-hmm. Your uh, schedule tomorrow may say first pitch at one ten, 
That's what it may say on the website, but I've been told it will be a 210 first pitch <laughs> tomorrow between the White Sox and Minnesota. They're doing some uh, celebrations of Jim Cott up there. And yeah, it still has that on the MLB app, too. Yeah. <laughs> and the Cardinals' reward for at least sort of surviving the Dodgers-ish is uh, playing Cincinnati for the weekend. And a 102-mile-an-hour fastball from Hunter Green starting tonight. <laughs> but he's been bit by the home run ball. I, I, I might have wagered a little bit that he was going to give up some home runs tonight just because that's what he does and the Cardinals coming off of a, a shutout yesterday even though Arenado got a couple of hits and Goldschmidt looks like he's close to to breaking out again yeah it's it's not a, a bad consolation Cardinals get a, a couple wins headed into the break and maybe they come out of the deal with a, another starter very good um British Open uh uh we we touched on it last hour Tiger Woods a beautiful ovation for him on 18. He's done. He misses the cut. A couple of Illini players, Thomas Petrie, uh, Thomas Peters, excuse me, and Thomas Dietrich. We just throw them together. <laughs> Don't call him Dieters and Pete anyway. <laughs> uh, they both have made the cut into the final two rounds of the Open, uh, and that uh, I, I I don't know. Is there anything else I'm missing here? Mm, not not today. It's something that maybe we can get into a little bit with Bob. We've got the MLB draft that starts on, on Sunday. Looking forward to that. We'll see if Cole Kershipper probably goes on Monday, not the first day of the draft. But all kinds of all-star game festivities this weekend. It's really just kind of baseball's wheelhouse for the next week or so. All things equal. I know you're going on vacation. You may be otherwise occupied, but are you watching an all-star game? I imagine so, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see what's going on. I, not intently, maybe as much as I, I would at home. We'll probably be at dinner or something, and I might turn it on when we get back to the, the hotel. I, I'm still maybe different than most people. I still enjoy the home run derby more than the than the All-Star game itself, really. Uh, the announcers aren't Chris Berman anymore. It's not quite my cup of tea when it comes to that, but watching— You're a Berman fan? I I think back, he back, I think back. that it fit very well and that's just the nostalgia with me uh, thinking back to the home run derbies but it's it's always impressive watching somebody hit a ball 450 feet because uh, as we talk about you know uh, I tweeted it out once you know every NBA player can dunk not every single baseball player can hit a ball as far as a lot of these guys do so it's pretty impressive that that's a good point a lot of the pitchers couldn't even come close to hitting a baseball that far <laughs> no. Although shortstops now are apparently being able to throw as fast as high-level pitchers. O'Neal Cruz, that's a big dude. 97.8? <laughs> yeah, and it looks faster than that. A little rise to it, is that oh, why? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's got some carry through the zone, there ain't no doubt. <laughs> if I'm at first base, I'm just stepping aside. Whoop. I'll just play it off the carry. That's why they got the big mitt. <laughs> All right, I've been telling you about CU under construction and uh, telling you to just take a look at some of the projects they've done. Uh, if you're thinking about, I, I, I do want to get something done in my home, a remodel, a redo, uh, something, but I don't know if it's uh, quite in the budget. They want you to know they, they do offer uh, financing through Hearth. They could get you some rates quickly. They can get you some free uh, fixed rates. And if it turns out um, that... You finance it, but hey, actually, uh, we had a good year, and we think we can uh, pay this off. No prepayment uh, penalties. Plenty of information on it. See you under construction.com under their financing section. But you know what? Just give them a call. 
They've got folks uh, ready to uh, help you out. See you under construction. They have just exploded in their business. They've become really popular. You've probably seen their trucks and vans and what have you around town because word's gotten out. They just do quality work, and they have uh, experts on hand to help you out with any kind of project. They don't usually at all have to subcontract because they have everybody they need on their team to handle all kinds of issues. SeeYouUnderConstruction.com is the place to check them out. The World According to Bob Osmussen, next. Hi, it's Len Casper. Tune in tonight for White Sox Baseball here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Is this now his theme song? It's it, I, There's a couple three. At home it is. There's a couple three that rotates between. <laughs> Did you see when you walk in the door at home, Bob, does it, Does James Brown just start playing? You know, you should I just got, be like shaking your hips and be like, I'm home. I got lots of options that way because Springsteen is huge. Fan. I'm a big fan of him and The Clash. So when I walk, I walk Murphy, I routinely put The Clash on. And I walk, I, and I actually have it like open air. So I'm not listening to headphones because I want to be able to hear everything. So I've got the Clash on, on on my phone playing very loud music. I have a couple of favorite songs, and do you have people a f- look at me like, like I'm nuts. Do you have song. a – well, I don't think it's because of the Clash. There's folks that walk around the store talking on speakerphone. Don't right. you so let I, them shame I, you for listening I don't, to music. Yeah, I don't worry about it. I'm not near <laughs> many people, so. Do, is there, do you have a favorite Springsteen song that's like a deeper cut? Ooh. Yes, I do actually. There's a song called "Meeting Across the River." It's on "Born to Run." It's not like rock song. It's more of a ballad. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yep. It's, I would say "Born to Run" is kind of unbeatable for me. Yep, that's a but great. But it would tune. be "Meeting Across the River" is my number two Springsteen song, and I've actually heard him a couple times do it in concert because it's not always in his playlist. Mm-hmm. So I, when I hear it in concert. From him, it's like, oh gosh, this is what I want to hear. I so, like Thunder Road. Yeah, there's, I mean, literally, there's 60, 70 songs of his I can listen to all the time. Just like my Clash playlist is shorter, probably 15 songs. But he, he's got his own XM radio station. I get that. Oh yeah, you do get it. I, I, I've, I've, I've gotten it in the past. I decided to save some money. I got rid of it. Yeah, I mean that's a good <laughs> idea given the classic hits that you can listen to on our sister station. Correct. WKIO. <laughs> do I get the Clash on there or not? Uh, there's a little Clash uh, in there. a little bit. You know, not all 15, but. You just uh, you, you slap a 20 at uh, Allie Adams and <laughs> you might get a little, a little I, more. There. I would like that. There's a, again, there's a kind of offbeat song from them called Police on My Back, I believe is the name of the song. Again, my, my second or third favorite Clash song. Is that the theme of your life? Pretty much. Police on your back. Yeah, actually, it's funny because I've never, <laughs> literally, never spent a night in jail or been arrested or anything. So that is so just far the hardest thing to believe. No, I'm just kidding. Not going <laughs> Of course not. In high school, I probably should have been for things that there's long That's, since. I should have probably. Been isn't that everybody in high school though? And you're yeah, a minor. Exactly. It doesn't count. Yeah, we did some, did some crazy things, but luckily got away with it. I was reading your column, Bob, and, and you kind of gave an answer, but you didn't really. So I'm going to try to get an answer out of you. Who is your under the radar breakout football player for this year? You know, you kind of answered it. There's no way to come up with it. <laughs> I guess it's because true. last year, if you told me before the year 
that Kirby Joseph was going to have a all Big Ten year, I would have had you put away. I mean, that would have been insane to say that. Now, I think the coaches at Illinois, I think the defense staff knew we got something. I think they saw it early. I think because of his athleticism, the fact he had played multiple positions, I think they thought, this guy can really do some things. But they realized it, and then he got in the field early. That's more than anything for him, I think it was confidence. I think once he started, first game, makes his tackle, gets a safety. Mm-hmm. It basically helps them win the game. I think he was he was take, he took off from there, and had great you know great ball skills. The guy that really did all the things you'd like a guy to do when he's thinking about moving on. It, it was such a great way. I don't blame him for leaving. I think it would have been probably foolish to come back. He's making a lot of money now. But I just didn't see it, so I can't answer the question. It's going to be somebody, like I said, somebody we just don't have any idea about. Mm -hmm. And maybe the coaches don't know because these freshmen, they've seen them some, but they don't really know what they can do. And once you get in, things are different once you get in games. A guy you might totally trust in practice, you might see him in game say, well, maybe next year. So now I think this class, these coaches, to the best of their ability, will try to reserve, save guys, try to register people, mm-hmm. to keep them for beyond, you know, get the four games and you can still do that, but get guys to play. You know, you, you want them as fifth-year guys there as opposed to first-year guys. A couple of guys I mentioned yesterday or today, Daley Harding. Yeah, that's who I who just thought of. Foolishly. Yeah. Really, one of the dumbest things the old staff did was not not register to him as a freshman. They didn't register that, barely anybody. Well, did they? right, and that guy, as his fifth year senior, oh, he was already a monster, but he would have been even better. Would have helped to him. They just made a bad bad mistake, bad choice. Mm-hmm. I don't think these guys, new staff, will do that. I think they'll they'll give all they can to the guys. We are going to talk to Phil Steele next week. I heard that. Phil Steele's uh, puts out his uh, college football preview every year. Extensive publication. I don't, I, I, I don't know how he, – he gets help, but I don't know well, how he no, puts – Well, no, he works on it all the time. Well, he does the the bulk of it, but I'm saying there's he gets a – there's no way one person could just compile all that. No, but <laughs> he he really knows the stuff. He is He talks diligent. to a lot of the coaches, I he think. Does, I think yeah. he does, but I think he's really adept at what he's, what he's done. He's done a long time, too. Mm-hmm. Can you guess where? I don't know if you've looked at the magazine yet, but he he cites one group for Illinois that he says is the biggest question mark. Well, I'd have to say receiver. Actually, even more so than that would be he. A couple of times he's used the phrase question mark around special teams. Okay, I can see that. I don't know if that's fair or not. Well, it's totally fair because they have new starters. Of course, one we really like from Danville. Yeah, a kicker. I want to see Caleb have a good year. But great think, personality, and you got you got that, and you got a great combination of people between him and uh, Hugh, the punter, Europe Robertson. That's pretty he's cool. The old man, he's a grown man. He's like, he's, that is a right. grown man. He's a police officer and a, and a military guy, military guy. So I don't think he's going to be phased by the power, or the trouble of college football. I think he'll be he'll excel. If I were to pick a guy, I, I think Hugh Roberts, Robertson, Robertson, Robertson. Yes, everybody. I mean, Blake Hayes was amazing. He might end up making an NFL team, but right. I, I wonder if the dip down between those two isn't quite so much. Well, we'll see. Again, if that if that it doesn't work, if Hugh struggles, 
in practice especially, but even once they get in games, they will change punters. Pretty simple. That's fairly simple. Kicker, mm-hmm. same thing. I think you'd like to start with somebody, and again, Caleb would be the most logical choice, but you want to make sure the guy's making kicks. If he's not making kicks, it's not like a – it's very – Subjective, objective, it's pretty it's cut and dry. Mm-hmm. If you're making kicks, you are. If you're not, you're not. And you you play for making kicks. Yeah. Okay. They have not announced it yet. Who's your picks for Media Day's representatives for Illinois football? They usually take three players. Right. And it's usually an offensive guy, defensive guy, and then maybe a, kind of a wild card. So you get a lot of options because Alex Palczewski, I think, went there last year. Is that right? Yep, he's been. So he's been there, so probably not him. Usually like to make it kind of a reward thing. So you might give somebody else. Um, I think Isaiah Williams Mm -hmm. because just of all the the things he's done and able to do and his importance to this team, I think he has to be one of them. Maybe Chase Brown. If you're 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 picking one offensive guy. Yeah. I think it's Williams or, or Brown. Well, you can pick both because you got one more spot. And then defense, you know, Keith Randolph comes across so well. Actually, yeah. so does Johnny Newton. They both are so uh, so good at talking. So I think I want somebody that's going to tell a good story and going to be entertaining, but the coaches don't care about that much as much as they care about who's going to represent the school well. Oh, sure. Represent the program well. So I think either of those two guys would be fantastic, but maybe they'll go a different direction. Maybe Tariq Barnes. It could be anybody. We'll have to see them and announce it. But I would think Williams, to me, would be the most logical guy. Plus, he's gotten – at first he was not comfortable with the media. He's really gotten good. So he's really – he'll talk about what he wants to talk about. He's he's not – He's 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 kind. He's mm-hmm. you know he's uh, smooth, and it, he he'd be good. Oh, you remember him showing up for the first time? I think it was maybe uh, media day or freshman some, year, yeah. yeah, freshman year or a, or a, uh, the local media day or maybe a summer right. interview, and you know, asking him about what he's going to try and learn as a, in the quarterback room and and all this stuff, and here he is as a is the wide receiver that needs to have the ball in his hand the most, right. It's crazy, and he's to me. It could be a monster year for him. I think if the quarterback is is good, is adequate, then he will get. I'd say sixty passes at the at the least, and maybe much more than that. He could. He should be a thousand yard receiver because of what mm-hmm. they're going to try to do. And you really need the kind of balance because they're definitely going to run the ball. They got good running backs. They got a good offensive line. And this guy wants to do that. The head coach wants to do that. So they're going to run the ball. But you have to be able to throw the ball almost on cue. Yep. And if they don't do that, they're going to – if he's not able to get open, they're not able to throw passes down the field, they're going to have a problem. The world according to Bob Osmussen here on Sports Talk. So we're looking over here, Phil Steele, you know, guys haven't even taken the field for, for fall camps, and he's got this whole book to put it's together big. on college football players. Correct. There's going to be something similar to it in a couple months with the college basketball players, right? They do a similar thing usually. Does he do it? I think somebody, somebody does somebody one, does, yeah. right? But what I'm getting at is the the MLB draft is on Sunday, and unless you pay attention to baseball, you probably wouldn't know that, that it's going on. Where did baseball fall so far behind on the, the prospect obsessiveness? 
because the players' names are not recognizable to the average fan. That's the difference. So you got football and basketball and TV all the time in college. Mm. So you just don't know who they are. High school baseball prospect, even as good as like uh, Michael Harris at, at from the Braves, mm-hmm. even as great as he was, people don't know him when he's an 18-year-old high school senior. Yeah. So the draft really doesn't matter. There's a, there's some obviously when uh, Bryce Harper was drafted, it was a big deal. I was number one. Chipper Jones, I go back there when he was drafted. I thought that was, thought that was cool. But other than your own team, you only really pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. So it's just, and that, it's never going there. Bryce Harper is the last one I can remember. There was the hype around this national hype. Yeah, I mean, if you're inside baseball, you knew. Maybe Steven Strasburg, but he wasn't a high school. Yeah. He, well, when he was before, he was a couple of years before. Strasburg was huge. I mean, yeah. he, he was he opened, he opened Sports Center like every day for two months. Yeah, that was Washington a big State. deal. Kamara Rocker, uh, who's got some injury issues. Yeah, he's he's going to get drafted this year now. He is, and he's a guy that I would be interested in just because of his past. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's a lot. There's just not as much knowledge about these guys for the average fan as it would be. Now, you might know, and I might know, but not a lot of people know about these guys. Well, yeah, and I, I just think that feeds hand-in-hand hand into yeah. where baseball is falling off. You well, know, it's not falling off. It's the nature of the game because, honestly, you basketball, football, that guy you drafted, Kirby Joseph – is going to be playing this year for the Lions, maybe even starting. Okay, we know that he's going to be. He's the third round pick. He's going to be in that lineup, some way, shape, or form. I hope it's a starter, but maybe as deep reserve. I mean, a top reserve. That first round pick in the Major League Baseball draft may not play for four or five years. Yeah, and that's the hard parts. He's going to go from top of the world, big money. To some class A, Arizona, team, Arizona, some, Arizona, Arizona Fall some yeah. class A team. Now they get it's shortening up because the draft's shorter. Mm-hmm. But I still think just too much, too much, you know, things that aren't known. Now on the other side of things, Adam Silver is advocating again in the NBA to lower the minimum age. If you recall, after the Kevin Garnetts and Kobe Bryant's and LeBron James of the world. Uh, went right into the NBA and became mega stars. Right. The NBA raised the minimum level. Now he wants it back. Gee, I wonder why. Well, because you, you have athletes opting to stay, make money in college. <laughs> right. What I think should be done, frankly, in basketball, is it should be a two-year commit. You no. decide to go to college, you're there for two years. That's what I've always. That's said. what I, I think. That's fair. I think it's fair for the team. I think it will definitely help the team, uh, the the uh, college, of course, but it helps the player too, because the difference between eighteen and twenty, just in terms of being able to handle all the stuff that's going to be thrown at you, is is amazing. And I also think that it'll help the NBA. They don't want they don't want these guys to be eighteen. I mean, they might say they do. Very few. LeBron was exceptional. Kobe Bryant was exceptional, but they're not all like that. So I think you got to. Give the guys some time. It, it would enhance college bus, basketball if you had a two-year limit. So I think I'd go the other way. I would go make it. You can't play in the NBA until you're 20. I, th- I think it's both, right? You can you can either go right away, kind of like the baseball. Maybe thing. that's it. You Once either go you go, you college, go right away right, to the right. NBA, or yeah. if you go to college, you've got to stick around for more than one yeah, year. Yeah, two years. But can the NBA take them and then 
say, okay, I'll stick you in the G League or whatever for a year, and then I'm bringing you up. Oh, yeah. They can yeah, do that. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, they're, sure. they're, they're going to have to, and they would have to raise the money that they're paying G Leaguers. Well, yeah. That's because probably Because now happen. you can make more money in, in playing for Kentucky or for Illinois or whatever. Well, right if now. If you're really good. Right now, what it is, in essence, for both football and base, basketball, is college is a minor league for them. And in college football, in this case, is a free minor league. So instead of sending somebody to the USFL and have them learn the way of the game over three years, they stay in college for three years, and your guys come there pretty much ready to go. In fact, the window is so short to play. Yeah. So you got Kirby Joseph. I hope he gets to play 10 years, but that's pretty rare, more like four or five generally. So if you didn't take a guy 22 – He's going to only play until 27. You want to get him there as soon as you can. Mm-hmm. But I think I think right now the pros are in great shape. They should thank, thank their lucky stars for the situation they were in. One more uh, for you to kick around here. Jim Thorpe, I don't know if you saw this, has been, uh, and if you recall, Native American track and field athlete. And I think many regarded him as the greatest athlete of all of, time of all time of all time has been reinstated as the sole gold medalist of the 1912 olympic pentathlon and decathlon events that were held in stockholm now that, that is awesome the ioc made this announcement today 110th anniversary of his decathlon victory yeah. uh, should have probably been a long long time ago like when he was alive <laughs> would have been a better plan yeah, well, yeah, information would have been useful yesterday uh, <laughs> but i it's Obviously, what he did in hindsight, given all the other things that have gone on in all sports, and given all the tragedy and mess in IOC history, to deny him what they did, it was insane. Okay? It's because he had been paid to play minor baseball. league baseball. For, yep. like, you know, again, in the end of the era, probably needed the money for, for his family or for himself to keep, keep food on the table. I mean, it's insane what happened to him. It didn't affect him as a, he was obviously the greatest athlete ever. Didn't affect what he did on the field. Didn't help. It wasn't a performance in that scene. Baseball time, you know, it was it, it was just silly what they did to him and so wrong. And such, it's, it's, to me, I never thought of that as anything other than a crock. Mm-hmm. I saw that as a mess and I'm glad they fixed it. I wish they had done it. I so hope, hopefully, he has relatives. So alive that are able to enjoy this. You're pulling for uh, Michael Massey as a Kansas City Royal, the Illini second baseman who's Unless now he's playing the Braves, I'm good with him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if you had any special, because he's been playing in Omaha right? as the AAA guy. Well, I, I'm always for those guys to get called up if they're playing as well as he is. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Weird circumstance. We, but yeah. I actually asked you a couple of weeks ago about, it, about him, because I was wondering, is he ready to go? I actually wrote, I, he's ready to go. And he got a great circumstance for him to go. And, and I and I thought he wasn't going to get called up this year. But well, then again, there was 10 players. That <laughs> right. What you said makes sense. Though. Yeah. Why start the clock any earlier than you have to for the worlds or rebuilding? But, yeah, good for him. I'm, I'm glad for him. All right, Bob. Uh, will we talk to you next week? Because everybody else in this building is going on vacation. Okay. So I will be uh, – maybe. I'll be maybe on the phone. I'm going to be going to John Mulaney. And say hello. Oh, that's right. Yes. He just so, got really good reviews from Chicago stuff. Well, he's unreal. He's great. <laughs> and uh, my, my fa- whole family is going to go. And so, yeah, I'll, but I'll 
have to we have to drive it's in San Luis. We have to drive there. I'm gonna get you on the phone. Okay. Right. Well, and if somebody uh, can't go, let me know. I'll buy a ticket off you. Okay. <laughs> Sit right there with you. I Sounds like good. him. He's funny. Okay. The world according to Bob Osmondson. Thanks, guys. Bye bye. Variations on a theme here that it came across uh, my eye, Evan. On the NCAA's Baseball Rules Committee proposing some changes. I saw a few of these. In perhaps reverse controversial order. Several changes to the action clock, as they call it. uh, Mm -hmm. The pitch clock kind of thing. And they may be, uh, you know, basically saying throw the ball. You, yeah. you get you get one uh, right now. You reset the clock if you step off the rubber and feign a throw, or actually make a pickoff throw. And now they're going to say, "Okay, you only get to do that once." They have to prove this, but this is the rules committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I think that's Fine. similar to what they're doing in the minors. Maybe yeah. two times, but yeah. Coaches and conferences can agree to put a runner on second base in extra innings. I'm guessing that has to do with midweek games, right? Yeah, Let's just get them done, get them over with, get everybody home, or Sunday getaway. Yeah, when you got travel curfews that uh that purdue doesn't want to (laughs) anyway whatever no more here's the here's the real one no more celebratory props on the field keep your home run chain in the dugout yeah i i mean i as a younger generation fan i'm not I, i think that's a little unnecessary but here come the fun police exactly I don't, I don't. People love Tennessee baseball and softball this year, partially because of the fun that they had. So I, I don't think that's a, a good thing to take it away. A friend of mine sent me a video, and it does highlight how quickly things have changed in baseball. Ultimately, I would say for the better. It was not that long ago that Jose Batista flipped his bat, and the world went crazy. Yeah. Oh, Did yeah. you know that changed? I, I think that was the biggest one that changed it, right? Yeah. Did you know Bob Gibson threw at opponents in old timer games for <laughs> things that had happened 20 years ago that he threw at a subsequent opponent in an old timer game for the guy hitting a home run off him in a previous old timer game? <laughs> that I mean, when you pitch in the 60s, I mean, it, it just kind of is what it is. Bob Gibson How was dare there. you? I have a 1-1-2 ERA. <laughs> he was there to take that, your head off. That was a mean son of a gun <laughs> on the field. Yes. Phenomenal pitcher. <laughs> We've come a long way in that, you know? In a good I mean, way. In a good way, 100%. You know, now Juan Soto is, you know, like jumping out of the box at you when he takes a pitch. and <laughs> Which which can get annoying at times. You know what? But, again, I do like Clayton Kershaw's axiom. Pitchers, the game is designed for pitchers to succeed and hitters to fail. Mm-hmm. If hitters want to celebrate, fine. They will fail again. <laughs> they will fail. And, and that's maybe the, whole, the next time up. Yeah, that's the whole point too, right? Usually, you're going to get another shot at that guy, whether it's a hitter against a pitcher that took him down or a, a pitcher against a hitter that took him out. You know, there's there's always recourse within the game action. You're not going to get two more shots at him because, as we talked about yesterday, <laughs> yeah, you get taken out by then. You don't get three <laughs> trips through the order. No, unless you're Sandy Alcantara. <laughs> All right, our finish is on the way.
Uh, that's the cue that it's about vacation time. Yes, sir. I hope you have a fine time in the Windy City. I plan on it, yeah. And the uh, federal landmark. <laughs> yes, sir. Good seats? Um, uh, Is there a bad seat in Wrigley? I didn't uh, even uh, ask. We're oh, going to Wrigley. Uh, they said Wrigley, so I came <laughs> running, so... No, no, should should be a, a good trip. Hopefully the Cubs can get a win. It's a good all-star break, and you guys hold things down here till I get back. We'll have some fun, or we'll try to have a modicum of fun during <laughs> next week's programs. All right, thanks much. Matt Daniels, Allie Adams, Bob Osmussen, and for Evan Kahn, I'm Scott Beatty. Enjoy your weekend. Saturday Sports Talk tomorrow. White Sox are coming up at 6.30 pregame. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.